So we, and if you're here, you're visiting, and you're, you're not a member yet, you're welcome to stay. Again, this is all exciting things. If you want to see where Faith Bible Church is going, we would love for you to know that as well. So we are talking about discipline this morning, all right? So parents, what would you do? A uh, young mom says this, when my boys were around two and three, I tried to take a 30-second bathroom break. Wrong move. When I came out of the bathroom, the boys had taken Hershey syrup and spread it all over the living room carpets and were riding their battery-powered four-wheelers through it, saying it was mud. The carpet was only two months old, and that ended my 30-second bathroom breaks for good. When you hear the phrase, they are just a spirited child, how do we translate that? Well, I'll tell you how it's translated. They're going to break everything in the house and kill the goldfish, right? A friend asks, what is parenting like? The answer to that is, you know all the side effects they list on prescription drug commercials? It's that. It's that. One mom shares a story walking through the Capitol building with my, four then, my then four-year-old son. A man with crutches with one amputated leg got in the same elevator as us. Now, for us that have children, that, that's that stuff happens, you look at your kids and you can see them, you're like, please don't say anything. Have you, you've been there, right? Please, just, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Well, this young man said to his mom, Mom, in that whisper, what happened to his leg? Well, the, the man heard the boy's question and said, well, I lost my leg about a year ago. Well, my son, she says, didn't miss a beat and says, Sir, did you check between the couch cushions? Because my mom loses everything in the couch. One dad says, I am a big man. And my four-year-old daughter said to me the other day, Daddy, you are so big and fat. I told her that while that is true, that is not nice to say to someone. She replied, but Dad, I am being nice. I love how big and fat you are because you give good hugs and cuddles. And when I lay on you, you are not so, so soft and squishy. Squishy, I guess is the word. Well, a friend gave me this quote uh, the other day, and I'll read it for you. If you raise your children, you can spoil your grandchildren. But if you spoil your children, you will have to raise your grandchildren. What a true statement. Now, for many of us, we have been in these type of situations, and we've navigated how to handle our children through these stages of their life. Some of these situations we can still remember and we can still laugh as we gently instructed them or disciplined them. As a pastor, this is a, a, a message that is difficult to talk about. It's awkward at times. First, the, the topic of money, which we talked about money a few weeks ago because you just don't like saying, hey, give me your money at the church. The second issue is divorce. That's always a tough topic to talk about. And discipline is up there in top three. Why? Why is discipline, you say, such an awkward conversation or message to preach? Well, because of this. Because society's narrative is absent from discipline today. See, what we see around us are the implications of generations who refuse to discipline their children. And some of you will not like me after you leave, you leave here today, but that's okay. I still love you. I know you still love me too. So what do we look at as far as a prime example for parenting? If I were to ask you, who would you say are the, the best parent besides yours that raised you, who would you look up as an example? Maybe a parent comes to mind. Well, we must ask ourselves, what have we been learning the past three weeks 
What examples have we been looking? Well, three weeks ago, Ken Howard spoke on this idea of parenting and the gospel. I hope what I've learned, I hope you did the same, is we learn like anything in life, we need to point our children to Jesus. Point our children to the gospel and make them understand they are sinners in need of a Savior. And we must, we must live that and teach that to them. Paul Wampler talked about parenting in the area of grace, that God's grace is sufficient, and that we can point our kids to God's grace and what he has done for us through Jesus and the grace that he's shown to us, and we as parents can live and show them that grace as we raise them up. And last week, Max shared this idea of marriage and the picture of unity. We learned that the idea of maintaining the unity of marriage, always being on the same page as parents, also following and being, in, being unified with our Savior and walking through life, understanding we are working together as one. So you know what? As I listen to Ken and Paul and Max, and as you will listen to me this morning, what was the example? Who were the parents they were pointing at to say, follow? What were the people, who were the people they were pointing at in Scripture? Hey, this is a good example. There was none. Who were the example? Who was the example? It was our Heavenly Father. You think about all those messages. Who were they pointing back to? God. And that's what I want to do this morning. We are going to look at our Heavenly Father. See, our Heavenly Father never fails us. Our Heavenly Father is a perfect example of how we are to live life and to be parents. See, when we put human examples in front of us, humans fail. We get disappointed in humanity. But when we keep our eyes focused on our Savior, on our God, guess what? He is the perfect example. So this morning, let's look at this idea of the area of discipline, again, from the pages of Scripture, pointing back at God and how He implemented discipline through His redemptive plan. So let's look at the Oxford English definition of discipline. It is the practice of training people for the rules or a code of behavior, controlled behavior resulting in such training. So there's four words that we see when, the, when we look at the, the word discipline in Hebrew, we see these four words, instruction, training, warning, and correction. So when we think of discipline, if I was to ask you, what do you think of, when you think of discipline, maybe some bad memories come to mind? But I, I'll be honest with you, when I think of instruction and training, that's not the two words that came to mind. But isn't that what discipline is for? It's to instruct and it's to train us. So I'm going to talk to two groups of people today. So I'm going to talk to some of the young folks that are here today. I know parents are like, yeah, you tell them, Pastor Jason. You tell them to listen to me. I know. But I'm also going to talk to the parents because we both can learn what discipline is for in our lives. Young people, look at me for a moment. Discipline is not fun when it is happening. Believe me. Right? We have been disciplined. It is not fun when you go through it. It may not seem fair. However, you need to pay attention that God has your parents in charge of you to make you a better follower of Jesus, and they will use discipline to do just that. And that's what discipline is for. Teens, you do not have rights in your home. You don't. Your parents don't owe you anything. That's, that's the mindset of our young people today. Listen, they gave you a room to stay in. They feed you. They provide clothes for you. Aren't they nice? 
See, my father and my parents was the rule. I don't pay rent. My mom could go into my room anytime and do spring cleaning, which means she was looking for something in my room. All right? But I was like, that's, that, Mom, that's not fair. And my dad would say, oh, whoa, 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 okay, well, pay me rent, and I won't go in your room. He's right. So kids, listen, when your parents are disciplining, they find something, you listen to, you heed to them. And parents, I pray that you will see the importance that God places on discipline in Scripture. And how parents, we need to take action as we bring them up because we want our kids to be a joy in our lives. And we're going to see in the book of Proverbs that that is the goal of discipline, that at the end of the day, the bigger picture is that our kids bring us joy. That's discipline. We want to discipline our kids. Yes, it's hard when you're going through the nuts and bolts of raising kids, but the glory is at the end when you can be joyful of your children. I know what you're thinking, parents. This task seems unreachable. However, God has allowed us to tap into several resources. Max ended the, the service last week with 2 Peter 1.3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. We have God's word to show us how to do this thing called parenting. Amen? He's given us his Holy Spirit for us that know Jesus and have trusted Christ in our life. His Holy Spirit lives within us, and his Holy Spirit can guide and direct us. And he also has given us godly people in our lives to help us, to come alongside of us, disciple us, and show us how to do this thing called parenting. Parents, if there's one instruction as we start out our message this morning is this. Parents, do not let your children run your home. Do not be fearful of discipline. See, when you understand that discipline is part of this bigger picture, I think you'll leave here today saying, yeah, I... I Discipline is something that if you haven't started doing, we need to start doing. Parents, don't let your kids run your home. You will be full, you'll be living a life and looking at, at them in the future saying, well, what did we do? Because they will be spoiled brats that will be spoiled adults. And we don't want that. So this morning, the first text we're going to start out with this morning is Proverbs 25, 28. Proverbs 25, 28, it says this, Solomon says this, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Now understand, in, in Old Testament times, actually going even to the New Testament, in ancient times, when a city was left without walls, what would, what would be the problem? Well, it would be attacked, it would be taken over, they're helpless. What is Solomon saying here? He's saying, listen, a man without self-control, a person that does not have discipline, a person that does not have self-control, guess what? They're like that city that's open, waiting for attack. It will be taken over, and you will be ruined. You will be destroyed. An adult that is not disciplined or trained or corrected in his life will be that individual that Solomon is talking about here. So young people, think about this. You disrespect authority, parents, pastors, teachers, law enforcement. This will follow you through your adulthood. The lack of discipline, parents, that will set your child up for failure as an adult. You've seen a picture of a young woman who was screaming in the face of a police officer. This was taken, this was, of course, during our social unrest here in our country. You know, this, 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 this lady here, lady is a very uh, respectable word, um, but this girl here, I would guarantee you, was never disciplined in her life. Moms, dads, if that was your daughter, what would you think? 
That's absolute disrespect. And guess what? Solomon, as we'll find out, is saying it starts when our kids are young that we discipline our kids. When they talk back to us, what do you do? What do you say? We must discipline our children. Jolyn Haman wrote an article, not a believer, in a student paper in Mauriceville High School, and it says this, and again, it's from a, from a secular worldview, but it, it's, it's begging for this idea of, okay, let's read the Proverbs and we can have the answer to this question. It says this, one question to ask is this, where is the path taking us, this path of undisciplined generation? Where is it taking us? If the negative behaviors of today's youth have escalated so much already, the problem is going to keep growing if not addressed. An issue left unresolved does not dissipate. Adults have been personally victimized with the heinous words and physical abuse of children and adolescents, and maybe some of you have encountered that. Respect has not been properly taught or enforced in a considerable amount of today's youth, and it is consequently shaping today's society in detrimental ways. And all God's people say, we see it. And where, what is the problem? Parents, it comes back to us. What are we doing at home with our kids in the area of discipline? So this morning we're in the book of Proverbs, and we're just going to just go through many verses that talk about discipline and so first, as we begin the, the, this, this, this message, let's talk a little bit about Proverbs. We're in the book. We want to kind of get some history behind the book of Proverbs. And so let's find out who Solomon is and what he was all about. Well, Proverbs, again, is uh, the book of wisdom. It takes our relationships to public life. You think about, look at the book of Proverbs, husband, wife, children, worker, son, daughter. It takes our relationships. Okay, now how do we live this in the public life? Okay, that's the book of Proverbs. It's 31 chapters, and it's really neat how it lines up with some of the months, and we take a chapter, we can read through the book of Proverbs in a month because it lines up with our calendar. Proverbs is the third of five poetry books, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. It is the third and the first book penned by Solomon. 1 Kings 4 tells us that Solomon wrote over 3,000 Proverbs and 1,005 songs. He was following the steps of who? His father, who was a musician and a poet. The Proverbs are short sayings about long experiences. They're short sayings. They're nuggets of truth about long experiences. The word wisdom, the word wise is found 58 times. The word wisdom is found 46 times in Proverbs. And this phrase, my son, We'll see it throughout the book of Proverbs. is found 67 times. And I want us to reflect for a moment what Solomon was thinking as he was writing these Proverbs. Thinking back on his life, we know Solomon, God gave Solomon wisdom. He was a man who had the, 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 probably the most wise man that ever walked the face of the earth. But through his life, we see that he failed. And could we see Solomon penning Proverbs and saying, my son, because he didn't heed his father's instruction, King David. And could it be Solomon's, my son, don't do this. My son, be careful of this. My son. It is a warning to us to live life in the public life right to God. Well, that, that, word, that word wisdom in the Hebrew has this connotation. It means to be skilled in living well. It means to be an expert on godly living. That's wisdom. Now, for us as Christians, we'll never reach that point. We will strive for that, 
because we are still sinful creatures. But God is our source and our help that will help us live godly, amen? Will help us be wise when we ask. So let me talk to the young people again this morning. You may ask, why do my parents need to discipline me? What's the big deal? Well, turn to Proverbs chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 8 and 9. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. That word instruction there in 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 the original language is discipline or chastisement. Hear my father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are graceful garlands for your head and pendants upon or for your neck. So what's Solomon saying here? Well, we have to understand what garland means and what uh, a pendant is. uh, A garland is a wreath that goes around your head as a decoration. Necklace, something of beauty. So what's Solomon saying here? Listen, kids, young people, teens, if you listen to your father and mother's instruction, you will be honored. You will be one of beauty. Meaning the way you live your life, outside when you leave your home, you will be one who is respected and honored. Why? Because your parents disciplined you and you heeded their instructions. And I know there's times when you're 17 years old, 18 years old, you know it all, right? You know it all, but you don't. Heed and listen to your father's and mother's instructions. So our first principle this morning is this. Discipline brings beauty. Discipline brings beauty. See, this picture Solomon is painting here is honor and respect of a young person, his life, who has obeyed and has listened to the application of his parents' discipline. So for instance, growing up, when I would talk back to my dad, which happened once, happened once, let me tell you what happened. I was 17 years old, and I talked back to my dad as I was passing him. He gently grabbed me by the chest, and my dad's an ex-Marine, Vietnam vet. He, he pushed me up against the wall, and he got in my face, and he says, what did you just say to me? That you're beautiful? I said, he says, don't you ever talk that way again, or we're going to have problems. And so as he left and I stepped out of the puddle I was standing in, I knew, and I was going to be 18. You might say, that's so me. No, my, I knew not to talk back to adults. I knew that my whole life, but I wanted to try my dad. That was a wrong thing to do. See, we understand, we learn from our discipline. As young people, we can be someone that's respected and loved and honored because we know we're not going to do that out in the world to other people. I remember as a family, we would go out and we would be at a Target or a Walmart and we'd be walking as a family through the store and we'd see these, this, these kids crazy going off on their parents, throwing stuff on the floor, jumping around, and we'd go down another aisle. My, my kids would see that we'd get in the car and Jude and I would look at the kids and say, listen, kids, we are so glad you listened to us. Because this is why we discipline, guys. This is why we spank, because we don't want you to end up like this. What were we doing? We were giving an example to our kids. Listen, this is why we discipline. This is why you, you get disciplined. There's consequences, and the consequences for not being disciplined is you're running around like a wing-nunk whack job. Okay? We're making that connection. You guys have served in the military. What was the, first, what's the day you remember the most of your time in military service? And it's called basic training or boot camp. 
I don't know Mitchell was sharing with us when he went to basic training. It was a week it was called Shark Attack. And the DI sergeants would come in the bus and they were like, rah! And they would just, just take your stuff. What, what, what are they doing? They are training you. They are disciplining you. I can remember him telling us that he had to do certain things to get letters we sent him. And Judy's like, that is not nice. You know, coming from a mom. But what are they doing? They are training them for a bigger picture of getting that title called soldier. And when you walk across that field, many of you remember that, and you got that pennant or that pin that gave you the designation, I'm a soldier now. All discipline, all the training was worth it, wasn't it? Well, young people, as we think about discipline the same way, when we leave our house, what do our parents think of us? Well, they look at us and say, man, I am so, I'm so glad I listened to my parents. Well, they look at us and say, I'm so glad you obeyed because you are someone with a garland around your head. You have a necklace of honor around your neck. Look at Proverbs 10.1. Again, young people, this is understanding why we obey our parents when they discipline us, why we listen to them. Proverbs 10.1 says this, A wise man makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Have you ever made your, your mother be sorrowful? I remember one time my brother and I did something foolish, and we went in, in the house, my dad called us in, and my mom's there just bawling because of something that we said, something that we did, and it was heartbreaking to see my mom disappointed with something that we did as two knuckleheads, teenagers. Young people, we don't want to make our parents sorrowful in how we live and in the, in the decisions that we make. Let's look at Proverbs 23, 24, and 25. So this is the purpose. Discipline, obedience. We want to make our parents glad and happy and not sorrowful that they had us. <laughs> Proverbs 23, 24, and 25 says this, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. Young people, that's what we want. We want our parents to rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Don't you love it when your mother, mother brags on you? When your father brags on you? Yeah. You don't want your, your, your mom to be disgraced because of how you lived and what you're doing. So young people, this is why we obey. This is why we listen in discipline. We want to give honor to our parents. Okay, young people, so obey your parents. Listen to your parents. Heed their instruction. Take the discipline. Your parents are there to do that because God put them in that position. God put them in that position. All right, young people, you got it? You're going to obey your parents. You're going, to, they're going to, you're going to give them the best life possible because you do everything they say with right attitude. Amen? No, you're not young, Lou. So young people. No, you're right. Amen. So parents, let's, let, let me talk to you. Um, our second principle this morning is, okay, so not only does discipline bring beauty, but discipline is biblical. Discipline is biblical. See, it is important that we navigate and understand from the word of God, from the word of truth in this area of discipline. And so for anything in life, where, where do we go? We don't go to Oprah. We don't go to Dr. Phil. I hope we don't. We go to the word of God. This is, this is the answer. This is the truth. This is what we follow in the area, particularly in discipline. 
See, we seek guidance from his word in every area because it's the answer. So what does the Bible say about discipline? Well, we see here the bigger picture of God and discipline. I'm going to give three examples. There's many, in, there's many in Scripture. But let's just look at the first area of discipline we see in Scripture, Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. What was the discipline? They were what? They were kicked out of the Garden of Eden to where God put an angel with a blazing sword to protect the entrance of Eden because they couldn't go back in. There was their discipline. That was the consequence. First thing, Genesis 3, we see discipline happening to the human race, our first parents, Adam and Eve. Well, we also see discipline happen to the nation of Israel. We can just read the Old Testament. But one particular book, Judges, is a book of discipline. 480 years of this cycle of sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance. Sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance. And what happens? When they were oppressed, what was God doing? He was disciplining them. He was disciplining. And then when they repented, what did God do? He freed them. He delivered them. So the nation of Israel, we see God disciplining the nation of Israel throughout their history. One other example I'll give is, is King David. King David, we know he sinned with Bathsheba, right? And his, he, tried, he had his Bathsheba's husband killed in battle. What was the discipline with David? Well, the, the baby that was conceived by David and Bathsheba died. And then what do we see that God told David that the sword would be in your family, would be in your home for the rest of your days? Was David a man after God's own heart? Yeah. Did God love David? Yes. But discipline was needed because of what he had done and the consequences of that. So parents, as we see, again, we're looking at our Heavenly Father in the area of discipline, and we see him doing that through his, his redemptive plan of history. Parents, listen, do not buy into the cultural ideology that, eh, discipline is just, eh, I'm just not going to do it because I, 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 I love my child. And I, if I discipline them, it means I don't love them. That's actually opposite. And to be honest with you, when you hear that narrative, whether you're watching some crazy woman on a talk show or what have you, it's unbiblical. And this, and, this, and this is an area I know with, with Judy and I with kids when we were having kids and had this conversation about this discipline. We had to make a decision. Were we going to follow the, the, the world's narrative on child rearing or are we going to follow the word of God? And I'll be honest with you, parents, it is not popular even in the church, even in Christian circles, to follow the truth of God's word in the area of discipline. It's just not because many follow the, 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 the cultural narrative of what you do to a child with discipline. Maybe you've heard this. My dad used to always say, here, my dad used to always say this, and this is, this is the paddle he made. He put his name on it. I have no idea. He put his name and date. I, I don't know what the deal was, but this was, he made this in 1981 for mostly my brother. Um, but this is what he used on me, all right? And all five of my kids have seen that as well. My dad used to say, listen, I'm doing this because I love you. <laughs> yeah, right, Dad. It hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right? But having kids and disciplining my kids, he's exactly right. He's exactly right. I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Here's what, here, here is a method of discipline that Solomon gives us. Proverbs 22, verse 15. 
folly. That word there in the Hebrew is a disdain for truth or the hate for truth, folly is bound up in the heart of a child. So what, what do we know here? It kind of reflects Romans chapter 5, 12. Sin passed upon all men, for all have sinned. We understand all children, ever, the time we were born, come out of our mother's womb, guess what? We're what? We're sinners. Folly, the disdain for truth is bound in the heart of a child. So your child, folly reigns in his heart because we have a sin nature. But the rod, Solomon says, and that rod is actually a club, a rod. And the purpose for that rod is to strike and to beat away. The rod of discipline drives it far away. Now, I know. I know this is where it becomes unpopular as the pastor. Just throw the tomatoes at me. It's great. This is where I lose many parents. So we can, and we can agree to disagree. It's okay. All right? As a pastor, I'm here, and I have to interpret what the Word of God says, even maybe we don't like it. But this is a literal trans, trans, translation. This is a literal interpretation here of what this is. Many people say, well, this is just allegorical. It's figurative. No, it's not. And I, w- I want to give you a picture here of this culture and this time. During this time, there were punishments. There were crimes that were, that were, that were done, and there was punishment. And, part of the, and punishment was a rod that was given. And most like a public spanking during this time. And Solomon, I believe, is saying here, listen, Take care of your kid. Apply the rod so your child is not embarrassing you, getting publicly shamed in a spanking in the city square. You see, this was part of culture. So the rod, we don't understand a rod. They understood it in the Old Testament. They understood the, the, the ramifications of doing something, of committing a crime and being taken out and being rotted or as we would translate it, spanked. There's a couple other verses. Look at Proverbs 10, 13. They will not be on the screen. Just just write these down. On the lips of the discerning, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks understanding. My dad loved that verse. (laughs) Proverbs 29, 17. Discipline your children. They will give you peace. They will bring you delights you desire. Proverbs 29, 15, a rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined great disgraces his mother. I mean, have you ever disgraced your mom? That's a, that's a very strong word. I mean, we're, we get disappointed in our kids and make bad decisions, but have you ever disgraced your mom? You know what this is in context here? The, very per, the whole, whole picture of like a capital punishment. You know, you, can you imagine seeing your kid committing a crime and being, being punished, having a consequence of that? Well, as a mom, would you say, that's my son? No, you would feel disgraced. And Solomon is saying here, listen, a child that's left undisciplined is going to be that person that's going to bring you disgrace. Now, again, I know this is not a popular topic but it's what the word of God says okay and and in the the particular area of spanking listen as you leave here today I don't I don't care if you pick that method or not I was spanked it worked for me all five of my kids were spanked it worked for them I think all right I think we need to understand that there is a procedure and there is a method when it comes to the area the method of spanking and Mark and I were talking about this week, it's to point them to the gospel. I know the kid doesn't think that at the time. 
But let me just run through with you, for me, how I received discipline growing up with my dad. People will think, oh, you assume that my dad never did it in anger. So if I did something wrong, all right, Jason, what'd you do? I talked back to mom. Okay, go get the paddle. I'll be up in a minute. <sighs> that was the longest three minutes of my life, sitting there waiting and waiting. Just get it. I'll spank myself. Let's get it over with. And he comes up, and he sits down, and he's like, okay, you know what needs to happen here, Jay. You, you talk back to your mom. Right? You know that, 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 that's not what kids are supposed to do. That's the Bible tells us we're not supposed to do this. And you made Jesus unhappy. We're unhappy. So there, there's, there, there's a consequence. I've touched your ankles. And bump, 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 three. Well, it wasn't that. It was like whack, whack, whack. But three times, I go to my room crying. Five minutes later, you come to my room. All right, Jay, it's over. I love you. Scott, you can't do that again, okay? Or there's a consequence. Was that done out of hate or anger? No. It was done out of love. It was done out of love. And there's many times that I hear parents, boy, that person needs a swift kick in the backside. It's biblical. Again, I'm, I'm not here advocating, saying you need to do this, but it's scriptural. And you, as, a, as Max said last week, as parents, you need to come together and, and find a, mo a method and a mode of discipline that's going to work for your kids. Okay, And as, as time changes, as, as the age changes on our children, the discipline changes. I wasn't spanked at 18. Other things my dad did and took from me. But the key here is that parents make sure that you have a plan of discipline for your children. I think Ken gave the illustration of his son who came home late and he could have really disciplined him and railed him up, but he taught him a life experience and a conversation. No doubt Josh knew that he dis disobeyed his dad. Every stage of life requires a different mode and different method of discipline. But the key is that you are disciplining. Okay? It's important. For those that are young and you're not married yet, this is important. You go out in, 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 in the community and you go out to the stores and you see that kid running around like a crazy glue sniffer. Guess what? If you don't discipline, that's going to be your kid. It just is. I'm not saying it. Scripture's saying it. Discipline is essential. Look real quickly, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. Here's what, here's what the writer of Hebrews says about discipline, and it gives us a perfect picture of love. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Verse 7, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? I love that statement. For what son is there whom his father doesn't discipline? God disciplines because he loves. Parents, we discipline because we love them. We're looking at our Heavenly Father as the example. So parents, please don't buy into that narrative that I don't do it because I need to show that I love them. Now you're doing the opposite. You're doing the opposite. Our, our, our third and final principle. So discipline brings beauty. Discipline is biblical. And thirdly, parents, and I, I, I can't say this enough, but discipline is needed. Discipline is needed is needed. There's, there's two implications when discipline is lacking. One is this, the lack of self-control. If a child is not used to having any measure of discipline in his life, he will grow up to be an adult without character and self-control. Does that mean adult is hopeless, wasn't disciplined? No. God, get involved and change that person's heart? Absolutely. 
But just imagine this, parents, that, that young person that has the temper tantrums in the store that was never corrected, what are they doing as an adult? You remember that, that girl that was screaming into the face of the law enforcement officer? That's what you end up with. I can remember several times my kids would have friends over, over to our house over here, and they would run around for, the, for overnight and play manhunt and do all kinds of stuff, and... and after the, after the weekend, Judy and I would get together, and I was like, yeah, this kid's not coming back over here again. That kid didn't listen to me. That kid's crazy. I, just, I don't want him over here anymore. Okay, don't tell his mom. But I'm just saying, he's not coming over to the house anymore. Why? Because the kid was out of control. And no doubt, knowing some of the connections I make with parenting, they were never disciplined. Don't worry, it was none of your kids. You need to think about that, parents. What are you doing for your kids now in discipline? The second implication is they're, they're not a benefit to others as they get older. They become not a benefit to others because they're worried about themselves. Think about a tantrum. Think about what they do, and the parents let that, that child do what they want to do. You're just letting them have their own way. When you get older, guess what? They're not going to care about anyone else because they want their way. My parents have given me this my whole life, so I want my way now. They're not a benefit to others. So as we close this morning, there's, there's a verse. So discipline brings beauty. Discipline is biblical. Discipline is needed in our homes today. And there's a verse that we can close with that is the, probably the parenting verse of all times. It's Proverbs 22.6, and we probably know it. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. So look, I, I want, there, there, there's, different, there's different interpretations of this verse. This verse is not a promise. It is a principle, okay? It is a principle. That's what Proverbs are. It's not a guarantee this is going to happen because there's one variable we are not sure of in this particular situation of our children. I do not control their free will. I don't. Parents, we don't control. When you discipline your children, you train them up. That word train in the Hebrew means to dedicate. When you dedicate them and you train them up in the way they should go, when they get 18 they leave your home, they have a choice to either follow God or not follow God. And that's the variable as parents we don't know. And so that's why it's a principle. Most times it works out. You tramp your kid, they will follow God and they will do that in their life and they will be Christians and they will ask Christ into their life, but sometimes that's not the way it works because it's a principle. There's a second way to interpret this text and it is the idea of, I had a Bible college professor says, in the area of Training them in a way of an occupation, a way of living. If you think about in, in the Old Testament, New Testament culture, you, you, if you were a shepherd, your son became a shepherd. If you were a carpenter, Jesus. Jesus was a carpenter. He followed his father's footsteps. And there's, there's, a, there's an interpretation that says, listen, in life you train your kid in how he should go and what kind of occupation. You give him what he needs, and when he's old he won't depart from it. That makes sense. That's a, that's a decent interpretation. But let, be, as we close, I want us to look at a, a, a final interpretation of this. And I need you to put your, your, your sarcastic hats on. Because it is believed that this verse is a sarcastic command with devastating consequences for a child. So I'm going to throw the verse back up on the screen. There's two phrases that the, the phrase, in the way he should go in the Hebrew is found. And so let's read this together in how the Hebrew is read. It says this, train up a child according to his way, or we could put the phrase, upon the mouth of his way, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. 
So think of sarcasm for a minute. And Solomon's saying this. Listen, parents, dedicate, train your kid in his way. You let him do what he wants to do according to his will. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. What's Solomon saying? You let your kid go undisciplined. You let him run in his folly. Because what, what we found out in Proverbs, his way is what? Pro- Solomon told us the child's way is folly. It's sin. And so if we let a child go in his way, think sarcastically, when he's old, he won't depart from it. Parents, if we, if we don't have a child that's disciplined, guess what? You let him go his way. You don't take care of the tantrums. You don't take care of the disobedience. You don't take care of those things. He'll continue to live in his folly. And when he is old, he's not going to depart from it. Make sense? So parents, listen. As we leave here today, I want you to understand this. Discipline is essential. It is needed at home. God commands it. He wants us to do it. And there is benefits for us. And many, I look around for many of the parents that are here that have children that are serving the Lord or they're, 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 they, they've listened to your discipline, they listen to your encouragement, your training, your teaching, and you can sit there as a parent saying, yeah, I'm proud of my kids. They've done well. Not perfect. They've made bad choices. But the overall picture is they've done well. And you sit there with this honor and this respect, and you are glad and you are joyful. And that's what we want for you parents. That's what we want. We want, as children, we want to obey our parents to where you can, you, can, you can be glad and joyful in the kids that you have raised. Okay? Well, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, help us as we um, just end this series on parenting. We pray, Father, that, uh, Lord, we, we can agree to disagree in maybe the area of discipline, but, Lord, your, your word says that it is needed. It is, it is biblical, and, and we need to follow that. And so help us, Father, to go home, talk to our spouses, and say, listen, we have to have this game plan because I want my kids to grow up right. I want them to be respectable. I want them to honor people. I want them to be a man or woman after God's own heart. So help us as we make some changes in our life, and we raise our kids to your honor and to your glory. And we ask this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Okay, so at this point, what we're going to do